Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. All right, housekeeping, odds and ends. Um, Insta, DIY.money. Facebook tribe. Hey, got a good uh, little video coming out. Really? Yeah. About what? Uh, about how important it is to accrue for annual expenses. Because I got hit with, I mean, real estate taxes, uno, dos, tres, uh, insurance, life insurance, umbrella policy, auto registration. It was like, bam, 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 bam. You didn't space those out, huh? You like... They just a couple years ago, paid. one month, you just signed up for everything. Well, no. I mean, I guess just the way property taxes are, and yeah, maybe the... I don't know, but it was like, boom. Well, the insurance is usually on the year yeah. or the six months, so you probably signed up all at once. You're like, I'm going to get my stuff together, there sign you go. up for all these policies. How long ago would that have been, though? Long ago. Probably. Long ago. Ten years ago. Probably yeah. as I was winding down to the end of the year. Nonetheless... And then most people don't pay property taxes. Correct. And stuff right. like you do because they escrow. Yep. I don't like escrow. I like to make interest back when there was interest on savings accounts. But nonetheless, the <laughs> point I'm trying to make is that I have it. It's there. It's been accrued. And I'll tell you that all through this year wasn't always easy to mentally move that money over. There were other things that I could have used that money on, uh, but stayed on the path. And now I've moved a large portion over, <laughs> wiping that out, and you know, and it's gone, and yeah. it's going to be paid, and it's off the list. I love it. But it's not just insurance and taxes. People who know they have other stuff coming up, like Christmas, oil changes, and I things got, like that. I got two more payments of Christmas, November Oof. and December. But I mean, literally, that's another thing. I cannot tell you if you, you know, you're going to go into 2021. Maybe you're feeling the cr- crunch right now, and you're like, ah, oh, I should have done that. I should. Make a you know resolve to change, and and you may have to try it again in 2022, but someday it'll stick. And I promise you that alleviating that financial stress will change your life. I mean, it changed your life. I went home last night and I told my wife, I was like, I am so grateful. And and again, we've done this every year now for many years, but it was this year. Holy cow! It was just like boom, 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 boom. Well, it is 2020. <laughs> You didn't know I had those skills. No idea what you're doing. Boom. Let's go. Can we answer a question, please? Enough with the bro talk. We got Matt. Yeah, because I've been talking. Matt talking about insurance. Matt, what do you got? DIY. Hello, DIY guys. Recently, I graduated college, and I just started working this past month. I am trying to figure out how I want to save for my future and recently spoke to a financial planner. He was telling me that a cash value life insurance strategy is good for uh, investing and I want to know your thoughts. I know you've spoken before about term life insurance and just kind of looking for some guidance. Okay, this is, um, I-, I wanted to just say this is simple, but it's it's not entirely all that simple. Uh, so we're going to kick it around. I'm going to give some disclosures that these are our opinions. Now, I also want to share with you that 20 years ago, 
I sold insurance. So some of you out there who I get emails from going, Quint, you don't know this and that and the other. Trust me, I I did the 40-hour week life health insurance, passed the test, and for many years sold insurance. So don't tell me because I know. Now, I know products have changed, but this concept is pretty simple. And you might be thinking I'm going to explain whole life. No, let me explain the concept to you. You met with a buddy, Matt, probably over beers, and because I know that you're just getting a job, you probably did not seek out a financial planner. Uh, maybe you did. I don't think so. Your buddy is in insurance, and God bless him. I we have we work with and have I have many friends in the business, and they do exceptionally well. Your buddy was instructed by his firm. Look, your young friends have no money. So you can't, and they don't have a family. They don't have, you know, things to necessarily insure against. So why not sell them a whole life policy on a savings plan idea? That's what's happened, okay? And that's the concept of this sort of insurance thing is, again, you got a young family. Hey, life insurance to protect against the young family. You've got Young kids, well, sell them whole life insurance because then it builds up insurance for them and a savings account for them. You got a single guy who just got out of college and you're drinking beer with, sell him a whole life insurance policy so that he can save for the future. So that's the concept. I'm not telling you that that's a terrible thing. I'm just saying it's not what I would necessarily do, and I'm sure Daniel agrees, and now he'll tell you why. Yep, I don't have a cash value life insurance policy. Uh, We do have term life uh, policy for our family, uh, on both my wife and I, uh, that lasts until uh, it expires roughly around the the like after the kids are done with college or right around college, something like that. Around the time that we would have assets, then that if something happens to one of us, we'd be okay. Because the point of insurance, just like auto insurance, home insurance, and so forth, is to replace what you lose should an extraordinary event happen. So, with life insurance, that's death. So if you die, it replaces money that would have otherwise been there. In my case, uh, I work, the wife stays at home. So uh, if I die, it replaces my income for X amount of years that she would have otherwise been able to depend on and then support the kids. If she dies, uh, we have life insurance on her because she's a stay-at-home mom and now the kids have to like go somewhere. <laughs> so we have to hire a nanny or put the kids in daycare. So there'll be expenses there because she's not there being able to. So, I mean, a stay-at-home mom is not just free, right? I mean, there's value that she's adding into our family uh, besides love and all that. There's actually monetary value, I guess. <laughs> so insurance is is really uh, the base at the base level is designed to protect or insure against something. What we're talking about when we're talking about cash value life insurance is sort of uh, combining, in this instance, you're talking about combining a savings vehicle with that risk mitigation. Now, at its very basic, something like a whole life policy is not really designed to save plus have insurance. It's designed to have a level premium throughout your life. And so you build up cash value early on because you're really cheap to insure when you're just starting out in your career and, and just starting out with a job and you're young and healthy and so forth. And that insurance would otherwise increase later on in life. So you build up a cash value, and then uh, eventually what you're paying in doesn't equal the premiums. So the cash value sort of decreases um, over the sort of the latter half of your life to, to help pay those premiums so that you just see a level premium. Now, you can get more complicated from there and have 
sort of investments mixed in and so forth. Once you start getting there, you're starting to get into sort of a hybrid product of some sort where you're combining investing and saving and so forth with risk mitigation insurance. And the question is why? Why do that? Because what you're doing is you're wrapping up two products in one when you could do those uh, very specifically on their own for set values. Uh, So you could save in an investment account, have that money available to you anytime. You could have a term policy, which mitigates your risk and does a great job of that. You don't really have to combine those two. Why not? Well, uh, cash value is not super easy to, to get. I mean, you can get at it. Uh, the other problem is it's it's insurance. So it's made for you to die and get a payout for you dying. If you don't have any reason to have that right now, there's no sense to have it right now other than to get used to paying the premium. Lastly, uh, one of two things is going to happen with that cash. Well, one of three things. We'll, we'll do three scenarios. Uh, the first is you withdraw it at some point, in which case you could have just put it in a savings account or investment account. The second is it eventually helps you pay premiums. You could have paid those out of a savings or investment account later on in life. Or third, you die and somebody gets the death benefit and the cash value that's still sitting there goes to the insurance company because you've built up cash value and all your heirs get is the death benefit. So in two of those, well, actually three of those instances, you would have still had money in a savings or investing account that you could have used. Oh, it does sound good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, just sign it. I just love fully insured men. Let me tell you what the arguments are, however. <clears throat> cool. And this is what your friend will say, Matt. Um, the one argument that's a real big stretch is you should buy it now while you can qualify, and that way you're ins- making sure you have insurance um, as opposed to later on in life, maybe you have some health conditions, your premiums are higher, et cetera, or just naturally premiums go up on insurance, et cetera. Um, the rebuttal to that, if you subscribe to that theory, the rebuttal is just buy term insurance and lock it in for 20 or 30 years if you're healthy right now. If you're not healthy right now, it doesn't matter what kind of insurance you're going to buy. It's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be higher, the premiums, or you may not even qualify. So that's a rebuttal. The second biggest primarily uh the primary sales tactic and um, uh, nuance that your friend will tell you is you are getting tax-free savings and eventually when you use this money and they'll pad they'll, they'll pad to your high income potential they'll go you know later on in life when you're making a buttload of money did i just a boku amount of money i think butt's okay on podcast uh you'll be in a high income tax bracket and oh by the way taxes are going to be higher they always throw that in and you'll be able to borrow against this policy for no tax so they're going to show you how you can get your money out for no tax at all okay the rebuttal there is very simple And don't just take our word for it, run the numbers. And what I mean by that is dump both the illustration that that they're going to run and show you or just go online and get an illustration and go on and quote a term policy and take the difference in the premiums. So, for example, if your whole life policy is $500 a month, I'm just throwing numbers out and your term life is $200 a month. Both of those are ridiculously high, by the way, but I'm just throwing things out. Take the additional $300 and put it, theoretically, into an investment account, grow it at, let's say, a 7 to 8% rate of return, and see what you have thereafter, and compare the two. Now, I know what the insurance people are saying. Yeah, but Quint, that's now taxable, and you got to withdraw that at tax 
you know, on the gains and yada yada. Then put it in a Roth. Put it in a Roth IRA. And oh, by the way, you now have tax-free growth and tax-free distribution. So that's an option. And again, don't take our word for it. Run the numbers yourself. Insurance, in my opinion, covers three things. Daniel hit those very simply. You take care of any debts that you have outstanding. So add up all the debts that you have. That's the first amount that you'll need for insurance. And you can calculate how long until those debts are paid off to help you understand how long you should have your insurance. Future kids' education, if that's something that you want to help to to pay for. So factor in how many kids that you have. I have three kids. If I were to die tomorrow, I want each of them to have hundred grand towards education. That's $300,000. Then there's a gap. And the gap is, look, I've got a young kid, nine years old. Factor in another nine years for him. How many years is that going to take where my wife may need some domestic help? Add that to the amount. And the three combined will give you roughly speaking, the amount of insurance that you need over the time period that you set forth. So when I got term insurance, I started with a 20-year term policy of $500,000 when my first son was born. That was 14 years ago. We had a 200-some-odd-thousand-dollar mortgage. He was zero, so I figured I got to have another 100000 for his um, uh, schooling. That's three hundred fifty, And I figured, you know, my wife, $150,000 additional to bridge the gap uh, before she, you know, mourns the terrible loss of her wonderful husband and then ultimately gets a job and moves on with, you know, Frederico and the, Fabio. you know, whatever, uh, is another hundred fifty. That's how I came up with the five hundred. We subsequently had a couple more kids. I added another 500000 Now, fast forward. We have no debt. Uh, kids funding, college funding is, is building up and continuing to grow. So the need for insurance is decreasing at about the same time in five to 10 years that it will expire. And the reason I say five to 10 is because one of them will expire in five and then the other one five years after that. So again, it's a tool to insure against those three things in my opinion. Anything else is sort of overcomplicating it. And again, you can run the numbers very simply, Matt, and understand for yourself whether this is a wise decision or not. And don't just take it from us. Again, do your research, do your homework, and no disrespect to anybody out there who is selling insurance and and trying to make a buck. Um, But again, there's other methodologies that you can go about that, you know, maybe help a little bit more, my personal opinion. Danny? I would say, you know, if if you're young, getting married and looking to start a family, that's not a bad time to start adding insurance that you don't yet think you need um, because it's good to get in the habit of paying for term insurance before a kid comes along and so forth and you're trying to add something uh, to it. So that that would be a good scenario. The other thing I would say is when you're working with a financial planner, uh, you should be looking at multiple scenarios and be able to ask, well, what if it looked like, what if we did it this way? And look at the different scenarios and understand that financial planning is a dialogue between you and your planner and that not not not, not necessarily just one scenario and that's it. Uh, you should be able to bring something to the table and, and say, well, how about if we do model it with the term life policy and investments and what does that look like and so forth? Uh, last thing I want to add Go is ahead. that I often see when someone does buy this is that fast forward when life starts to really pick up speed 
ironically, it becomes one of the first things that they cut. There's some cash there. It's a high premium, and they're like, I'm done with this. I want the cash, and they cash out. And it basically becomes you know, null and void and a tax consequence as is. If you're investing outside of that and you have term insurance, you can always, during a tough time, scale back. You can mm-hmm. stop contributing to your Roth for a while. So, again, the insurance companies options. are counting on. They factor that into their calculations. Absolutely. You're going to probably cancel it. All right. This was great. Uh, great question, Matt. Matt will receive a $25 Amazon gift card for that question. And all he did was sent us an audio file, podcast at DIYmoney.org, podcast at DIYmoney.org. Send us your questions. We will use them. Uh, they may sit in the queue for a while, but that's fine. Uh, we will get to them, and then we will uh, send that uh, gift card to you. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest wisely and in the right vehicles and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.